Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Kyla Lane, a goalie who plays both ball and ice hockey, and is also the founder of Her Soul Shot. I was excited to finally record an episode with Kyla, as we've been going back and forth on some times to try and record, but our schedules just weren't uh, syncing up. But eventually they did. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Kyla. Kyla, Hello. good afternoon. How are you? How are you? I am doing well. <laughs> That's good. I'm I, glad we could finally make it happen. I'm sorry for the no today. I'm like, oh my gosh. No worries. And I apologize for the random vacuuming in the background. We had uh Carpeting installed on the stairway today, and the guy is just finishing up. So that's all good. Done by now, but hey, it is what it is. That's all good. I know how it goes with renovations and stuff. So yeah, we have been in the middle of COVID. Kind of kicked off a bunch of renovations, and yeah, at one point in the spring, we decided, all right, we're going to up and move to Nashville, Tennessee, without having ever been there. So we started looking. We were doing quite a few um, FaceTime tours of houses. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. The only way in a house hunt <laughs> in a market you've never been to. Yeah. The problem is the school district we're in in Minnesota is a really good one. And we have an eighth grader and a ninth grader. So it's very important years for them. So we're like, well, if yeah. we're going to move, we want a comparable school district. So it really pigeonholed us. And we're like, well, we can't find anything we can we either A, like, or B, can afford because everything was coming in like $100,000 over asking price, yeah. all cash. 
And we're like, yeah, that's not what we're into. <laughs> so we're like, we'll stay. We did a refinance now. We're redoing our kitchen. That's almost done. Thank God we're just waiting for countertops. Um, it, it, yeah, oh it's just been God. crazy. It's, yeah, especially a kitchen because you use that every day, like yeah, we, all the time. <laughs> we have been using bathroom sinks to do our dishes. Oh my gosh. See, I can't, like, even before we moved into this house, I was like, I don't want to live in like a constant renovation. Like yeah. I can't do that. And my fiance was like, no, that won't happen. Like I'm not working very much. Like we'll be able to get it done. Sure enough, he's been gone for like the last month and a half. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't do anything without you. Like, yeah. So <laughs> well, it's funny because like I said, when, when COVID started, um, it was just little things. Like we wanted to replace yeah. all of the trim work in the house, which tedious props. Uh, project, but it takes a while. So I yeah. did all of the baseboards, all the, tr- you know, windows and doors. And then my wife wanted to do board and batten in all the bedrooms. So I did that, you know, <laughs> did some tile. And then it was yeah. like, okay, let's build a four foot high, 68 foot long retaining wall in the backyard to flatten out our oh hill so we can have a backyard <laughs> ice rink. I was like, yeah, I'm on top of that. So I did that. That's and then a, there, was yeah. a, there was another oh, I'll call it the smaller retaining wall, which was still four feet, but only about 20 some odd feet. So there was like all these things. And And once it starts, it just like snowballs because you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Let's do this. And then you're just like, we don't have time for this. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, once we decided not to move, we did a refinance and I was like, okay, we're going to do all kinds of stuff. So I gutted my kid's bathroom and converted that from a tub to a shower because, Let's face it, a 13-year-old boy doesn't need a tub. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, so we did that. Uh, we got carpeting going in literally right now on the uh, stairway in the kitchen remodel. It's just, it's going to be amazing when it's done. Yeah. I think one of my teammates is a contractor, so he's actually helped a lot with that. But it's, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. This is what happens sometimes with the podcast. We start talking and I forget to say hello, but (laughs) Kyla, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, You know, we've been going back and forth for a while, just trying to find the right time. I I think it was over a year ago, I reached out to you and you were just getting uh, her soul shots uh, started up and then moving and all this other stuff. So I'm glad we got a chance. Yes, finally. (laughs) Thank you for being patient with me. (laughs) Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, as a podcast host, if you can't be patient with scheduling somebody, you'll never get them. Yeah, um, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I reached out to Kelly Ruiz, like, hey, would you like to be a guest? He's like, absolutely, but playoffs are coming up. So wait until after that. It's like, totally yeah. understand. And then it yeah. was a great episode with them. Um, and, and I absolutely want to touch on, you know, what you're doing right now, but it, it is a hockey podcast focused on goaltending. So for sure. <laughs> You know, if anybody's listened to your podcast, they, they know a little bit of the background. Um, but, you know, how did you get into hockey in the first place? Ex- aside from being a Canadian, so it's kind of a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I started uh, skating when I was four years old um, and I had an older brother. And a lot of times, um, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. So back then, like, girls hockey was kind of getting going, but a lot of, you know, the women you see playing now, they had older brothers in the game and Mm -hmm. that kind of got them into it. Um, And yeah, so I, I remember being 
four years old and my brother got to go to hockey and I was like, I want to do that. And I begged my parents to let me go out and just practice with his team. And they said, yeah. And so I just, I loved being on the ice. Um, I'll never forget the first, one of the first times um, my mom took me to public skating and she didn't have, she didn't wear skates. It was just me. And she said, don't go all the way to the end because I'm not coming to get you <laughs> when you can't get back. And, you know, four-year-old me was like, I'll be fine. Went all the way to the end and she had to come back and get me. So I was very <laughs> determined from a young age. Um, and yeah, so, uh, after that I, I started playing and then it was kind of, I didn't play all the way um, through like junior high and and high school and stuff. I did take some breaks. Um, My mom was a single mom and it was really hard to afford to keep us in hockey. So, Mm -hmm. um, but every single season it was, can I play hockey? Can I play hockey? And finally she gave in when I was about 13 again. So, um, and I, I played out growing up. Um, so I was a uh, forward. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 20, I decided that I wanted to be a goalie. Um, and so I am a completely self-taught goalie with a little bit of advice and, and lessons from people here and there. But um, I always had a little bit of an obsession with playing goalie, um, but it was hard enough to just be in hockey as Mm -hmm. a player financially, let alone as a goalie. Um, And so, yeah, I, um, I got injured in basketball in high school. So that kind of stopped me from being on the ice. And then I went to college and I was trying to find just a, a rec league team to play on and somebody came into um the job I was working at and and was like do you know anyone that plays hockey and I was like yeah I do and she was like well we need a goalie for our ball hockey team and I was like okay well I played goalie and floor hockey like (laughs) I can do it right you know (laughs) um and so she was like okay yeah like we literally just need someone to put the pads on that'll stand there and I was like okay um so I I did that I went to my first game I let in a shot that would have been an icing had it not been on net um and you know started really low and just kept working my way up. I I loved every second of it. And I would just go practice every second that I got. And um, I I joined a men's beer league team and was like, well, let's just throw myself into the fire and Mm -hmm. you got to learn somehow. Um, And so that's what I did. And uh, now I'm playing um, on two, I play ice hockey and ball hockey. Um, So I have two full-time teams for men's leagues. And then um, I also play some women's ball hockey and ice hockey here. So I kind of take every chance I can get to, to be on the ice. So that's, that's my story, I guess. You know, the goalies (laughs) that go back and forth between ice and ball hockey, I always wonder about the footwork, how, how much different is it? And, you know, do you catch yourself on one or the other trying to, you forget what you're on? Absolutely. So it's funny that you bring that up now too, because um, a lot of the goalies that I know in ball hockey don't play goalie for ice hockey and vice versa. They're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do that. Like can't (laughs) do both. Um, And I've always been like, you know, it's, you definitely have to like 
mentally kind of check yourself, have a good warm up, and be like, okay, this is especially when you're going back and forth. A good warm up in the um, beer leagues doesn't exist, though. Right? Like, <laughs> at least in ball hockey, you're like, okay, it's only balls going off my head and warm up. Like, I'll be okay, not pucks. Um, but yeah, so it, I I never noticed that it was a huge adjustment. Um, I feel like I just kind of like naturally did it. Um, but during COVID. I mostly played ball hockey and not a lot of ice hockey. Mm -hmm. And my first ice hockey game in like around two years, I'd been on like the ODRs, but no like games or anything. Right. And it was a few weeks ago and I went out there and I was terrible. (laughs) I was, I forgot that I could slide because in ball hockey, like you, you have a little bit, but it's, it's such a different game. And in ice hockey, the game is sliding and pushing and moving And I was like, I can't wrap my head around, you know, like pushing off and sliding over here. And, (laughs) and I was playing like really deep and it was just like, I was playing ball hockey on the ice Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is what they meant when like, how do you transition? I was like, it's so hard when you've been playing one for a long time and then Mm -hmm. go to do the other one. So um, now that I'm back into it kind of consistently going back and forth it's way easier um but that was definitely uh, a bit of a wake-up call to like I didn't realize how much I'm adjusting my game each time so right yeah yeah and you know you, you bring up something too you know for a lot of goalies they're just getting back out there after you know whether it be a year year and a half or almost two mm-hmm. years off the ice I was fortunate enough that I was able to get you know so quite a few pickup skates in, but it was nothing regular and pickup hockey is different than games where yes. <laughs> goals matter. And yeah. of course my regular team isn't playing this fall because they were worried that we'd have to wear masks again to skate. And they were okay with the fact that they were, they might require it, but they said they didn't have the physical fitness to do that. And I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. But I'm worried that <laughs> You're, they're almost all firefighters in my community. So I'm like, I have a problem that you guys don't have the physical fitness to do that. And they're like, ah, you got a sprinkler system in your house. You don't have to worry. <laughs> but um, so another team, their goalie got hurt and he's having surgery and they're like, Hey, can you fill in? I was like, absolutely. Well, they're a level above us, which I'm okay with. Cause I'm yeah. technically playing down. Cause I like the group I'm playing with, but it's like, I've been absolutely terrible the last, actually this week I played well, I made 40 saves, but my own teammates tipped three goals past me. Um, (laughs) Welcome to beer league hockey. (laughs) Yeah. And we only had seven skaters and it was about halfway through the game when that caught up to us. Hence why I had 51 shots in the game. Yeah. Um, And it was just like the wheels fell off. You know, I've got old pads where even when I have my knees as close together as they can there's still like this much room in the five hole of course one of the goals went through that way and it was like yeah. anything that could go wrong went wrong at that point it's like oh my god <laughs> um but those first two weeks I'm like it was just getting the feel for the puck again now this week I yeah. felt like I had that feel for the puck but the scoreboard says otherwise yeah. <laughs> I'm like that's Guys. the worst when it's like I swear I had a decent game like I made 40 saves it's just that I yeah. let in 11 goals like it's still a good game <laughs> yeah well and I, I make making saves and you know you're having a good game when the other team has quite a few on the board and you make saves and like god could you at least let us get one and i'm like right look at the scoreboard guys (laughs) (laughs) like that that's when you know you're having a good game despite what the scoreboard says um 
Now you, you mentioned you, you pick up the position, you know, later on in your playing career mm-hmm. and you're self-taught, you know, how, when I'm guessing, you know, that you had great resources like Ingle magazine, YouTube, stuff like that. What, what yeah. did you use to kind of teach yourself? Cause when I was coming up in the game, you know, the internet wasn't even, well, it was yeah. around, but we weren't on it at home. And if we were, we weren't looking at, you know, goalie stuff because it wasn't even out there. You know, what, what did you use to kind of self-teach yourself? Yeah, so I actually remember um, taking out a book from the library at one point. It's <laughs> like, seems, it was only 10 years ago, but that's what I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was basically just getting my hands on kind of all the resources that I could, whether it be books or, you know, yeah, YouTube videos. Um, and even on social media, there's some really great um, accounts to follow. Um, and I, I kind of just like immerse myself in it. And, and I played every chance I could, because as much as I can learn, you know, watching videos and, you know, reading and, and seeing, and, and even watching just hockey games and, you know, focusing mm-hmm. on the goalie, what are they doing here and there? You have to get out there and do it. And you have to be you have to be bad at it so that you can improve and you have mm-hmm. to be okay with that. Um, and so I got really okay with, you know, sucking basically. Um, and especially as a goalie, like it's, you know, it, it's going to happen. Um, and, but every time it was like, okay, like what, what do I need to do so that that doesn't happen again? And, and it was every game I learned to do something new or I could do it better than the last one. And, and that was such a like high for me that I just kept going. And, and, you know, when I do this, it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had some teammates um, that like had been goalies in their like minor hockey careers and then switched to players because they didn't want to be goalies anymore. And yeah. I, I don't get very the, fair. Actually, <laughs> I don't get the goalies that they p- played. And then once that competitive, you know, part of yeah. the game is over, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to stay out now. Now I have like on my team, I have teammate. He's just, his knees won't let him play goalie. Okay, I get that. But we got another kid on the team that once he was done, you know, with high school, he's like, no, I'm just going to play forward in beer leagues. Like, I'm not even going to fill in when you can't make it. I'm like, right? They're like done. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't get that. I have a feeling it might be the defense (laughs) that, like, maybe they don't want, you know, they want to, like, stay on that high of having mm-hmm. a team to support them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I was lucky enough to have some teammates like that and, you know, in warm up and stuff, they would like come over and just like show me some quick things. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of kind of just learning as I went and, and taking opportunities to, um, you know, go to like a couple like adult clinics and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I didn't do a lot of that. Um, I kind of wish I would have done more. Um, but I always felt like I'm not a real goalie. So like, I, Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I kind of just took it upon myself to do everything. And, and in a way it was great because now I can say like, I did teach myself to do it Mm -hmm. and like, look where I am now. But um, in other ways, it would have been a lot easier if I would have just asked for more help and and got it. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a very, I think if you, if you truly love, the position, um, it, you can, you can do anything 
you know, your body is capable of so much more than you even know. And I, speaking of bad knees, I have two replaced ACLs. Um, and everyone's like, and you chose goalie. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is that for ACLs, goalie is actually the safest position because you're not pivoting. So mm-hmm. that's what I like to go on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was truly just, you know, loving the game and the position and, and wanting to be better and, um, and just, you know, being, having like the courage to just go to these shinnies and these games and get, you know, 50, 60 shots blasted on you Mm -hmm. and having a great time because that's the only way you're going to get better. Um, yeah. Yeah. You brought up a couple things there and I've shared this one podcast. The goalie by Garmin had a great podcast series and they were like five, 10 minute episodes, but Mm -hmm he changed beer league for me because I, I played college hockey. I was competitive. And even in the beer leagues, I wanted to win. I wanted to get a shot every yeah. night. And then, <laughs> but with beer league defense, that that's not possible. And yeah. he, he, on one episode said, you know, worry about the things you can control. Mm-hmm. And it was like right then and there, it was like, Oh my God. So, you know, like this week I'm like, yeah, the score kind of sucked, you know, <laughs> according to the stats right now, I'm the worst goalie in the league, but you know right. what? I feel like I'm playing pretty good. You know, this week was pretty good. Uh, So it's like, I'm controlling things I can control. I can't control my defenseman on my back door, tipping three Mm -hmm. pucks by me, (laughs) but I can control the breakaways and stopping those, which I did. Um, But you mentioned teammates and and talking with them. Now, granted, like when I was in high school and college at practice, me and my goalie partners, you know, we would talk to each other, you know, if one of them went to a camp over the summer, like, dude, I got to show you, you know, this new thing I learned, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or if I, you know, we saw each other doing something, we're like, how how are you doing that? And we take the time and explain it to each other. And it's like, that that's what teammates are for. Even goalie partners. um, I think a lot of times people think goalie partners need to kind of keep each other at arm's length. It's like, no, we need to be best friends and each other's biggest uh, advocates. And that's something that like playing beer league, you are the only goalie. Yeah. So, you know, I, I saw like growing up as a player, like there was, you know, the goalie in the back of goalie and the relationship they had, but like playing goal, I just didn't have that. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, like teammates out who, even if they didn't play goalie, they're like, you know, like your right side, like wide open, like move over a little. Mm-hmm. But I, I recently went to nationals for ball hockey and it was the first time that I had a goalie partner and it was, it was such a cool experience because, you know, we stayed at like the same hotel and we drove to mm-hmm. games together and we could like talk about things. And I was like, Oh, this would have been so much nicer. Like you have someone that they know the position, they know, you know, ev- like the mental side of it and everything that you're going through and stuff too. And it was, it was a really cool experience and it really bummed me out that I didn't get that until I was 29 yeah. years old and <laughs> I had a goalie partner. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something that in, in beer league, um, I imagine like, you know, from being a competitive playing goalie to having that to not having that you know in the dressing room even like in the intermission like it's it's not the same with the players like they can help and they can you know say like sorry we're hanging out to dry it's like yeah "Yeah," but you don't have that same relationship with with someone yeah absolutely and you know you mentioned in you see this a lot more in Canada that they have the adult clinics you know Mm -hmm. here in Minnesota I haven't found any these really? decent adult clinics. I mean, there's some yeah. for true beginners 
I'm yeah. not going to get anything out of that. You know, it's, I, yeah. I love that idea of the adult clinics. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a thing that I feel, yeah, it's either you, you can go and learn to play hockey and be the true beginner. Mm-hmm. And there's like camps for that and clinics or like at the elite level. And it's that like in between that's really missing. And it's, yeah. it's a market that somebody needs to like tap into because so many people would, would, it, it just feels like we're kind of like left in the dark to just do our own thing. Yeah. And, and so many people would utilize it. Well, the GGSU face goalie mm-hmm. Facebook page, they have their legends yeah. camp and it's like, I would love to yeah. go to one, especially the last one when they had Eddie Belfour there. It's like, Oh my God, would I have loved that? <laughs> um, but uh, it's like one of my college teammates, he runs a very successful goalie school here in the twin cities. And I've kind right. of been pestering him for a couple of years. I'm like, yeah, you need a beer league yeah. clinic. You know, there, there's a lull time in your year like just have some of us beer leaguers out there for even if it's for like a three or four day weekend like yeah a you'd make money and Mm -hmm. b it would be a lot more fun than you realize because we're we're ready to eat it up i mean even from the time he and i were in college things like the rvh didn't exist uh some of us still had toe buckles on our pads so the (laughs) the game has come a long way since many of us actually got formal instruction it might be good yeah. for us um totally you know, and let's not ignore the fact that you probably got some instruction from one of your friends who kind of a decent goalie we could yeah, say she's okay she's okay <laughs> uh yeah you might have heard of her uh yeah Shannon Zavados is is one of my best friends actually <laughs> which is wild to me even to say it today um because I I met her playing goalie on a ball hockey team mm-hmm. and she played out. So she was back home in Edmonton for the summer and the team I was playing for, I think I had posted something on social media, like watching team Canada or whatever. And mm-hmm. one of my teammates was like, Oh, like, do you like Shannon Zabados? And I was like, duh, like what, what kind <laughs> of a question is that? Yeah. Um, and she was like, Oh, well, I'm actually friends with her. And, and when she's home in the summer, like sometimes she comes out and plays with us. And I was, <laughs> I had all of these emotions of like, that's so cool. But also like, I can't play goalie in front of her. Like, what? Um, and so, yeah, I I did. There was, um, yeah, I, I'll never forget him, um, playing goalie and, and she's on the team and, um, and we just kind of hit it off and became friends. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've been on the ice a couple times with her and, uh, she's given me some, some tips and stuff. We made a fun video years back, like, uh, pro versus beer leaguer, mm-hmm. um, and, and the different ways that we make saves and such. <laughs> um, and yeah, even just like hearing her stories and, and talking to her about different things and stuff. Um, it's really cool to, to have her as a friend. And, um, yeah, I think, um, a few summers ago, she, she came to watch one of our games and I think I, I let in at least 10 goals. It was one of those games. And I was like, really guys, like you couldn't have helped me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool um, to have her as a friend and, and uh, it, as someone, I, I looked up to her, you know, watching mm-hmm. her play as a young girl and and now I get to call her a friend and it's, it's really cool. Well, and having somebody like that as a friend in your current endeavor has got to be pretty cool too, because she broke barriers. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, last week was the anniversary of my own room breaking the barrier at the NHL level, but Shannon played boys hockey at very high levels. And 
you know, you're very much an advocate of girls belong in the arena, um, no matter what the case, you know, and I'm very much, I have a 14 year old daughter, so I feel the same way. If, If you can play the game, it doesn't matter which what you look like, who you are, exactly. you belong out there. And Shannon yeah. proved that. Mm-hmm. And know. it's, it's interesting talking to her about that stuff too, because she's not one to, you know, talk about the hardships that she mm-hmm. had to go through and, and that stuff. It's just, she loved the game and she was a goalie and she played hockey. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a cool, I mean, it's, it's, it's so unfortunate what she did have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to, to think about that. And it's, you know, even we've had the conversations like, you know, if, if she was a man, you know, like how much money she would have the yeah. career that she would have, like all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, instead, I think the impact that she's left on the game is, is so much greater. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Just, getting to talk to her and know her as a a person and not just a goalie because Mm -hmm. you just get that you know she's just a hockey player who who loves the game and and she while she was playing hockey she did all of these amazing things Mm -hmm. um it's it's not the other way around and and that's really cool well she paved the path for others i i should Mm -hmm. have i should remember her name but you know there was a female goalie drafted into the ohl this year and yeah you know it's Taya Curry, I think. Yeah, yes, yeah. That, that's the name. Um, and we, we can credit Shannon as one of the reasons because she's yeah. proven, um, you know, girl, girls can play the game and especially Absolutely. at the goalie position. You know, I, yeah. I've said for years, it, in my own room proved it in a way that the mm-hmm. first female pro athlete we see crossing that gender barrier is going to either be a pitcher in baseball mm-hmm. or a goalie in hockey. Yeah you know, because it just, it makes sense in my opinion. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) um, But uh, yeah, so that, that's awesome. And it's kind of funny now to, to look at Shannon and here she is a Midwesterner living in the States and, you know, the middle of Ohio, just like, yeah, things are a little different now. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah. I've I've got family in Ohio, so I I, I know what that state is like and it is uh, very different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've been there a couple of times. We went to go watch her when she was with uh, Buffalo Buttes and then went back to Ohio with her. And then we were there for her wedding a couple of years ago too. Um, And it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. This it's, it sucks sometimes. I'm like, I, like, obviously I want her here in Edmonton, um, but it's cool to see her kind of, you know, having that new life and she's, you know, has a family now and um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time slap shot from the slot or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit and try and believe it or not, I I did put together notes. I try and do that. But uh, (laughs) as we all know, when goalies start talking, it's just all over the place. Uh, (laughs) One former guest referred to it as goalie ADD. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just, yeah, whatever shiny objects going by us, whatever pucks (laughs) flying by, that's that's what we're paying attention to now. Um, But in one of your first, well, I think it was technically episode number one, but the second episode of the uh, Her Soul Shop podcast, you mentioned that sports, not just hockey, have been an important part of your life, getting you through tough times. I get that. Hockey is my therapy. Um, And I think a lot of us realize that this past year, year and a half, I remember talking to Justin Goldman after his first time on the ice after being off for so long, you know, for you, how does sports help you kind of get through those times? Yeah, I mean, sports are are everything. And and like you said, I don't think a lot of us realized, you know, we might've known before, like, mm-hmm. you know, sports are great for our mental health and they've gotten us through some tough times and stuff. And then when COVID hit, everyone was kind of in a tough time together and mm-hmm. no one had access to sports. And so we all kind of went through it together, but so many people realized just how important sports were as a whole to their entire lives and how much it affects you know, your work and your personal life and, and just your general feeling of wellness and your identity and all of those things. And sometimes I feel a little crazy for how much I credit sports, um, you know, for helping me be who I am. But, um, and that's one thing that, you know, with her soul shot and and stuff that I want to get out there is, sports aren't just the game that you play on the ice or on the field or, or whatever sport you're playing. It goes so far beyond that. Um, and that's why it's, it's so important for young girls to play sports and to mm-hmm. continue playing sports and for women to keep playing sports. And, and that's one thing that really saddens me is that so many girls, you know, they play sports growing up because they have access to it in, in school and, and whatnot. And, you know, they might play throughout university And then they get careers, they get busy, they start families and they don't play sports anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's when they need to be playing sports the most Um, because it's, there's just, there's nothing like it. You know, it it gives you a community. It it gives you the exercise that you need. And, and we all know, you know, for mental health, you need exercise. And it just, it, it gives you so many life lessons, whether you, you know, played it as a kid or you're playing it, you know, later in life. Um, it, it just goes so far beyond it. And it's, I I feel like I'm going to get into the, you know, the crisis of women in sports now and, and how we need to change it. And, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, for me, 
I, uh, my dad passed away when I was really young, when I was five. And so for me, it was, he's the one that kind of taught me to love the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like hockey is like my connection to him. And it's, you know, whatever it is in, in people's lives, I think sports have been that constant for them throughout it. Um, And that's something that a lot of us can identify with, you know, we, we all have different journeys, but sports is kind of that silver lining. Um, And it's just, it sounds so cliche, but when people say, you know, when you're on the ice, nothing else matters. And it's, it's so true. It's, it's such a great break from everything. Um, And it's, it's so unfortunate that in the middle of the time that we all needed sports the most, we couldn't play them. Um, But if anything, you know, the silver lining in that is, is we all realized how much we need them mm-hmm. and, you know, how grateful we should be for them because it is a privilege to play sports too. Um, and now that we're all kind of getting back into them, it's, I feel like even I see it around, you know, in the dressing rooms and stuff, like people are just happier to be there and it doesn't necessarily matter what the score was or yeah. anything like that. It's, it's being able to be back to sports and and have that part of your life back and go for beers with the guys after and, and all that stuff. It, it just, it makes such a difference in, in people's lives. And um, I don't think we truly realize it until we don't have the option to do it anymore. Absolutely. I, I've noticed a little more sportsmanship on the ice and the beer leagues, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even the guys that were known to be, you know, the troublemakers, they're, they're yeah. smiling again. And, you know, if, right? if they do do something, they know they're not supposed to, they don't just skate away. They're like, Oh, sorry. You okay. It's like, yeah, I've noticed a little more of that. We're even yeah. being nice to the referees. I mean, <laughs> there's just something going on, but I, you're yeah. so right on how sports gives us so much more than we realize. And, um, you know, I've been a contractor for many years. Um, and whenever I go into an interview, they're like, you know, how do you deal with working with different types of people? I'm like, well, I've been an athlete my whole life, but it's not a problem for me. You know, when, when we walk in the door, we're all on the same team and we have to figure out a way to, to work with each other. And when we leave, if we hang out, we hang out Absolutely. if we don't, but when, once we're there and they're like, Oh, well, I never thought of it that way. And then of course I'm an analyst. So I'm always kind of off on my own. They're like, how how are you, you know, being a part of a team, but you know, kind of on your own island. It's like, well, I'm a goalie. That's kind of our whole thing. (laughs) And they're like, Oh, okay. That balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're part of a team, but they they put us over in the corner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, It's, it's not just, you know, that camaraderie, but you're right too. Going into that locker room once a week, you know, it's just, like you said, it's cliche, but it's a family. Even if it's just mm-hmm. that team you're mm-hmm. subbing in for, they're, it's like you're the long lost cousin they didn't know you, they had. And they, right. they adopt <laughs> you for the, the game. It's yeah, absolutely what sports are, at least for me. And, you know, uh, I've shared in the past on 9-11, I didn't want to go to the ring. I, I just, I didn't yeah. have that feeling because on nine twelve, my dad was in New York um, searching for his brothers and sisters of, you know, fire service. Yeah. And I didn't, couldn't go on the ice. I just didn't have the fire, but I still mm-hmm. went to the locker room because my teammates, they were there for me. Yeah. And, and it was like, yeah. I couldn't be home with my family. So I had to go where my family was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's moments like that that make you realize like how powerful sports are yep. and how much, like what they truly mean. And yeah, yeah it's. It's just, it's such a, like, I, I feel like I just get like the warm and fuzzies and like chills just thinking about 
about that because it's, it's so impactful and it makes me so sad that so many people miss out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's as cliche as it sounds. It's all, it's all so true. <laughs> it, it, there's a reason it's a cliche that, that yeah. that's what yeah. I'll say about it. So one of the things that I, I don't know when or how I started following you on social media, but it's been some time. Cause I, I know we've gone back and forth for a while. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really appreciate about your, um, profile on Instagram anyway is how how much you put out there and how honest you are you know if if you're having a bad day you know mental health wise you put it out there if the trolls are getting to you you put it out there I mean you you don't just ignore like you confront it head on but in a way um, where it's like hey this is the impact you have on people but I'm choosing not to let you have that impact on me Uh, you, you handle it in a way that uh, is educational, but living in the Midwest by a bunch of Lutherans, I, I would say is also in a way a passive aggressive, like shut up already, like get a life people. Um, why do you choose to put so much out there? Because the more you put out there, the more it attracts mm-hmm. the trolls. Don't I know? <laughs> yeah. It's, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's a constant battle for me of what should I share and what shouldn't I share? And mm-hmm. it's just going to just light a fire under these people and, you know, release the trolls. Um, and, and so I, I do have to kind of have a internal battle of if it's worth it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one thing there's a quote that says, be the woman that you needed as a girl. And that is something that I always kind of measure these things up to is, when I was a young girl, like I wish that I had had someone like me now to kind of look up to and, and to, and to learn from and to hear that, oh, like these things are, are normal. Um, because I think on social media, especially people's lives are so glamorized and Mm -hmm. we can, you know, pick and choose what we show and what we share. And, um, I, I don't want to just have a highlight reel of things because, life isn't always a highlight reel. Like, yes, it's really great sometimes. And it's also not. And, um, I think, you know, over the years I've kind of been able to, to build up my social media platforms and, and I feel like I have a a duty almost to use them for the people who don't have a voice. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking of cliches, it's the same, like, you know, if, if one girl or one woman, or, you know, one, um, I have dads all the time, like sharing it with their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it can help one of them, then it's worth it for, you know, however many trolls come at me. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, I haven't always been, you know, able to just to say what I want to say. Um, but it, it's kind of, it's taken me a long time to, to build that up. And, you know, people say like, you have to have thick skin and stuff. And while you do, you also have to kind of flip your mindset to who you're giving energy to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the trolls and, and the people who don't think women should be in sports and all of those people, they don't deserve our energy. Right. Um, and while they may be a vocal group, they're normally a minority, you know, yep. the, the majority of, of people, they do support um, women in sports. And I think it's just, it's just important for me to show both sides to show the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And, and I think 
too, I always want to kind of have a lesson in things. You know, I don't just want to share some of the comments that I've, I've got just to say, look what happens. You know, it's, it's a lesson in it of, you know, if you're a parent of a young boy, especially teach them how to respect girls and and women and, and normalize them being in sports. And um, even just, I've had some men who might've been categorized as a troll before, um, you know, message me and say, I never thought of it like that. And I was on this side Mm -hmm. and, you know, the way that you put it, like, I understand that now. And I'm sorry for, you know, thinking this and, um, and, and that's really cool for me too, because I know that I'm not going to change a lot of people's minds. Um, but you know, the ones who are willing to kind of listen and and learn in that regard, like if, you know, I can change that even for one person, like that's worth it too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. You know, there's some tweets and some posts that I've kind of held my breath as I hit send on and <laughs> see what happens. Yep. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of start to realize like who's worth your energy and, and why you're doing it, you know? Um, yeah. and, and that's, it's girls and women in sports. They, they need to hear these things. And, um, and yeah, I just kind of fell into that role, I guess, on social media. And it's, uh, um, I, I, I enjoy it, you know, I, yeah. um, it's, it's fun for me and it's, it's really cool to see the impact that it has. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. You know, and I, I think it leads nicely into, um, you know, the next bullet point I have on my notes is you're the founder of her. It's her shot soul, right? Or did her I mix soul it? Shot. Her soul shot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Too many pucks to the head. There's a lot of words in there. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pucks to the head. Where did the idea come from, first of all? And, you know, what is the mission? Yeah. So the mission is, is basically to help all women feel powerful through sports and to kind of live their soul's truth through sports. And, um, it's basically a a platform of empowerment to show women and girls that they belong in sports and, and in all areas, because, um, you know, a big reason why I started it is because I, you know, it's, again, it's what I wish I would have had as a young girl Mm -hmm. and as a woman in university, figuring out what she was doing with her life and, um, you know, even playing hockey where I could go play. And, um, and I feel like there's, there's a lot of focus on, pro sports and pro athletes. And, um, and I 100% like believe in that we need more, um, you know, we need to amp up our pro female athletes as well, but there's that, that gap in there of, of women who just love sports and who Mm -hmm. work in sports and who just play sports for fun, um, who, you know, have started leagues for other women and, and just who sports, impact, but they, they might not be at an elite level or a pro level. And I was like, somebody needs to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And, you know, in university, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, I'm a very passion first person. If something, if I'm not passionate about something, I, I don't really want to do it. Um, I think that's and, a goalie trait. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I, 
I, uh, I did my internship with women's hockey life. Um, and then I, I ended up working for them after as well. Um, and I, I also worked for Oilers nation here in Edmonton and it was a great experience, but, um, it was kind of one of those things where you have to do something to realize what you don't want to do. And at the beginning, it was like, this is my dream job. Like I get to talk about hockey all the time, the Oilers, all that stuff. And there was always this part of me trying to like incorporate women's hockey and women in sports in it, um, the whole time. And, and I started to realize like, I need to do something for women in sports. Like it was just Mm -hmm. this thing that's always in the back of my mind. And, um, and so I kind of just took the leap and, and decided to create her soul shot. And, um, it's already, it's almost a year, um, that we've been launched and, um, there's new things coming soon. I've been, I've been working on some new ways to kind of connect all women in sports and, um, give them avenues to, play sports and to work in sports and all of those things, because I think it's important to provide that, you know, empowerment, that hype girl, like you can do it, but then they're like, yeah, I can. How do I do it? Um, And I think that's where a lot of women, especially in sports get stuck is, you know, I want to play hockey. How do you, how do you even start to do Mm -hmm. it? Um, And so, yeah, we're working on some things that'll kind of bring that to life and, and help women, connect with each other and be able to just take their shot in sports and and do whatever they want. Um, and yeah, so that's how that all got started. And it's, you know, being an entrepreneur is just kind of learning as you go. And even, you know, from a year ago, what I thought that it was and what it was going to be is so different than mm-hmm. right now. And that's kind of what you have to do is just go with the flow. And I've really, kind of connected with women in sports and, and listen to what they need. And, um, and so kind of pivoted to figure out how I can help with that. Um, and yeah, so it's just, uh, I mean, I get to wake up every day and empower women in sports and read these stories of incredible women and host a podcast with women doing badass stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's just, it's so, inspiring to me like all of these stories and it's it's the best thing in the world and uh yeah I'm so I'm so grateful that I get to do it and then get to go play hockey at night <laughs> <laughs> now you talk about being an entrepreneur and you you never know what you're in for you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants yep. it's never easy and that's yeah. in normal times and you're doing this eh, in the middle of a global pandemic where there's not yeah. even a hint of a playbook for what to do. And, you know, there, there, there's kind of ideas for normal times, but yeah. when you can't go anywhere and you're stuck at home, you know, that yeah. has, has to have uh, thrown a monkey wrench or two your way. Yeah. Especially because I wanted to do so many events in mm-hmm. person, you know, I wanted to have events where women in sports could like come together and watch games and drink beer and just meet each other and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, play different sports and, and do all those things. And I couldn't do any of them. And so I had to really pivot it to be an online business, which that was always going to be a huge part of it, but events were such a big part of the original kind of business plan. Um, and, and so it, it was just completely online, um, which kind of worked out because I got to meet some really cool people that I don't mm-hmm. think I would have been able to before because everyone kind of transitioned to that, you know, zoom meetings yeah. and, 
and stuff like that. And, um, and I really, I had a lot of time to figure out, you know, what, what was needed and, and what I wanted this to be instead of just kind of, you know, throwing a bunch of events and, and thinking that that was good enough. Like it gave me that time to, to figure it all out. And like I said, I'm still figuring it all out and we still can't really have events here in Alberta. Things aren't great. Um, but it's, it's given me a lot of time to, to plan. Um, and, uh, yeah, so in a lot of ways, I'm grateful that I decided to launch a business in the middle of a pandemic as (laughs) (laughs) crazy as that sounds. Um, because it's allowed me to connect with so many more people and, um, and help so many more people and, and have people help me. And it's just been a really cool experience. And I'm so excited to be able to take this online community in person, um, and, and start doing these events and stuff. And yeah. That's almost a perfect transition for my next question. (laughs) And that is, you know, long-term, what do you want this to turn into, you know, and how can listeners, girls and boys, moms and dads do to support that goal and that vision? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, long-term, um, I'm, I know that when you're an entrepreneur, like you're supposed to have these like five, 10, 15 or business plans. I do not. Um, (laughs) so don't take business advice from me maybe, but, um, I, I have the, the mission remains the same for me. And that's, you know, to empower women so that more women and girls just take their shot in sports, whatever that is, you know, whether you want to work in sports or play sports or coach or, you know, whatever you want to do, there's so many avenues in sports and it's not just this one, you know, you're good at sports. Okay. Now go to the elite level, play in Mm -hmm. college, get a scholarship, maybe play pro like cool. It's there's so much more. And so, I mean, long-term I, I want to have a giant community of women in sports who, you know, can, can come to each other and lean on each other, even if they're not in the same country or continent, you know, um, and, and learn from each other and help each other grow and be better people and better athletes and better business owners. Um, and essentially it's, it's, and that's what I'm working on now, which is basically a, um, directory of, all women in sports. So, you know, you can, you can go to hersoulshot.com and we do have a community board right now, but basically we're going to level that up so that you can go and, you know, if you want, if you're in Ontario and you want a league to play hockey or soccer in, you can find it. And then Mm -hmm. you can also find people who run it or who play in it so that you can say, Hey, what's your experience been? How do I do this? Can you help me go get hockey equipment? Um, And just build those relationships and, you know, Um, find businesses to support because the biggest thing is I think sometimes as women in sports we feel like we're in this tiny niche and it's it's just us and Mm -hmm. it's so you know hard but it's not it's there are so many women in sports doing so many cool things we just need somewhere to kind of all be so that we can support each other and lift each other up um and then that's the online side. Um, and then in person, um, I would love to have leagues for women um, of all levels. So, you know, whether you just want to be there for fun, you're just starting out, whether you're kind of middle of the pack, whether you're elite, whatever it is, because what I've noticed in my playing experience is that 
I typically play men's leagues because the women's leagues are either non-existent or they're not run the same as the men's leagues because Mm -hmm. women get the crumbs and we're just expected to be okay with it. You know, there's something for you, just take it. Um, and I'm not okay with that. And, and other people need to stop being okay with that. And so I would love to create more opportunities and avenues for women to play all sports and, you know, to work in sports and to do all of the things through sports, because sports have changed my life. And, you know, I wouldn't be, I don't even trying to think of like who I would be without sports. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, And so I just want other people to, to experience that and to feel like they can do it and have that community behind them to do it. That's awesome. And I am a huge supporter as a girl dad. I'm full on to that. Now my daughter <laughs> is not an athlete. She's the most graceful klutz we know. And she says that's <laughs> her, her words. Uh, she's, she's artistic. So we're, we're nurturing yeah. that side of it. But I mean, yeah, when she was trying basketball and volleyball, I was like, yeah, you know, let, let's do this. And, you know, and then there's my son, he's a baseball player and it swings. My wife was an athlete through high school and Right. Played softball. I played two years of organized baseball. My wife played softball through high school. And so she's trying to give him hitting advice. And he's just kind of like, whatever, <laughs> mom. And like, she's like, listen, just because I have a vagina doesn't mean I don't know what right? I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was just kind of like, and my father-in-law, who's big into baseball and was helping him, he's like, listen to your mom. She's right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just kind of that, you know. Don't, don't just think because she's your mom, she doesn't know right? baseball or the game she played. And now in his fall baseball league, one of the moms is one of the coaches. And it's, I, I think that's that. great for the boys to yeah. see like, Hey, this mom who played softball is teaching us, you know, how Absolutely. to play the game. And yeah. Like, and that's the thing is it. people, people always say, you know, like girls need women to look up to and stuff, but boys need it too, because it yep. needs to get normalized and they need to go, Oh, like she's really good. Like, you know, it's like that kind of, because I think society it's, you know, they're told that, you know, women in sports are here and, you know, men, and it's, if they can see firsthand and, you know, be coached by, by a woman. And yeah, like you said, realize that like having a vagina doesn't mean shit. Like we're still (laughs) good at things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my son's he's a very smart kid and he's taken high school physics right now as an eighth grader. And he, he comes home and he's like, yeah, physics, this isn't the physics you learned. And I looked at him and was like, Oh, did did they change the laws of gravity? Like (laughs) he just thinks we're very old school and everything else. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so he's something else, but I, I think it's great. And as a dad who it's usually like, all right, we need people to coach. And they always look at the dads. It's like, well, yeah. no, we're not the only ones that can do it. So right? I, I love that a mom is like, Hey, I'm here to help. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's great. So I want to be mindful of time. We've been talking almost an hour now. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to close out every episode with a list of 10 rapid fire questions, same oh, questions gosh. for every guest. And they tend to not be very rapid fire because they come up with stories. <laughs> you get talking about them. Yeah. Exactly. So the first one is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? And it doesn't have to be hockey. Just, you know, when a coach totally lost it and it was, you know, just one of those moments. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I think it was in basketball, actually. Um, and I went to a Catholic school. And so, um, 
you know, we, our, our junior high basketball coach was, he was so into it. And, um, you know, he, he got cut from like every basketball team that he ever tried out for, but like he found his niche in coaching and, and he was actually the religion teacher, which was um, funny because he, would get so angry and, and just, it was, it was such a, yeah, like interesting thing to see him like in class as a teacher and then Mm -hmm. as a basketball coach. But I, yeah, I don't think I have like any crazy stories that I can think of, but um, yeah, that would probably be it. It's funny you mentioned you went to Catholic school, you know, the religion teachers, like the in-school versus out-of-school, because I went to an all-boys Catholic school, the second oh, yeah. largest one in the nation. <laughs> and one of my religion teachers was a brother who was also a boxer who would just like pummel people yeah. in the ring. Um, another one, uh, let's. he's told a lot of his college stories and he played college rugby with Chris Farley. So let's just say those were not religion class stories. We were here yeah. in religion class. You know, it's, it's funny how those religion teachers are always kind of like, huh, you're teaching right? this, but are yeah. you following this? Right. Like those are the ones you got to watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so the next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Ooh. Um, I, I'm totally biased in saying this, but definitely um, Shannon's. I can't remember. I feel like she wore it for the 2014 Olympics in Sochi and it had the mountains on it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I I know that's a totally cop-out answer because I have to say Shannon because she's my friend. (laughs) But um, yeah, just her her entire like setups and everything. I love how much fun she has with them and brings in Mm -hmm. like the Canadian side and stuff. She's always had style. Yeah, for sure. You know, and yeah, she, she's had some great uh, setups over the years, for sure. Um, so what's your favorite rink that you've played at? Um, we actually got to play in Rogers Place, which is where the Oilers play mm-hmm. um, a few years ago, our league um kind of lets the teams if you want to you can uh, have one of your league games there um and so that was that was such a cool experience because everyone wants to play you know where the the pros play um and then otherwise I think it's you know the the rink that I grew up learning to play hockey in you know just that that old school small town rink where, you know, you walk in, it smells like hockey. It smells mm-hmm. like rink fries and it's the, the dressing rooms are in the basement and you have to climb stairs to get out, which makes no sense for goalies. Um, and yeah, it's just, those are the rinks that, you know, bring back all mm-hmm. of the memories of when you were first falling in love with the game. Um, and, and so it's, it's that rink in particular that where I learned to play hockey and then kind of just every small town rink that has that, that charm, you know, you're basically like tying each other's skates in the yep. dressing room because there's no room here. Um, yeah, it's just all of those rinks. Cause I think we all kind of get into those dressing rooms and, and play out there and it's, it's freezing cold and it just brings their days, you know, playing as, as kids when we, had, you know, nothing else to worry about but hockey. So Yeah, it's funny. I think most hockey players could close their eyes and smell that childhood rink they first started playing right? in. Because they all yeah. have their <laughs> own distinct smell. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. You know, it's it's just kind of yeah. fun to, you know, it remember. It smells like home. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah. So what, this is one I, I like to uh, ask people because it always stumps them. They're like, ooh, that's a good one. What's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Oh, that is a good one. Um, <laughs> I, I am cheap when it comes to uh, my, my gear, which I know doesn't make sense as a goalie. Um, but uh, luckily being friends with a pro goalie has its perks. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've gotten some stuff from Shannon. Um, she actually, she brought a stick over um, because I actually wanted to hang one of her jerseys up, like on the stick on the mm-hmm. wall. And so she brought one of her, her sticks over and I picked it up and was like, there's no way that I'm hanging this on my wall. Like I'm <laughs> playing with this stick. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think that's one of my, my favorite sticks. Um, just because you, you can't, you know, beat a, a custom stick. That's... And what kind of stick is it? Uh, it was a Reebok, um, or, oh gosh, you know, I don't even know. I know the color, <laughs> I can see it. And I don't even know what kind of, what kind of stick it was. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what's your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, oh, good question. Uh, favorite memory. I have like, just like waves of memories coming up and I'm trying to think, of you know the top one um I think it would be scoring my first goal um when I was able to start playing again um when I was 13 so you know I played as a Mm -hmm. really young kid and then kind of took that that break there and and when I finally convinced my mom to let me play hockey again um yeah I I it was the most gimme goal ever you know wide open net had I missed it never would have lived that down um but yeah I can remember I can remember everything I'm just like you know watching it it go in um and yeah it's uh it's it's so funny to you can like vividly picture those memories you know I can't even remember like what I had for breakfast but I remember that goal um and yeah and just you know everyone it wasn't I think we were probably like losing the game but it was that, you know, I got my first goal being back playing hockey and, you know, all my teammates went wild and I'm sure the other team was like, you got one goal. Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was, it was such a great moment. It, it's funny you said, you know, it was a goal, one goal, it was a gimme goal, but I, I played forward for one summer because I decided to sign up for summer hockey late. They already had a goalie. My buddy was going to be moving to Michigan. So it's the last chance we got to play. It's like, all right, fine. We're in the playoffs. And I can remember the rink. I can remember what bench we were on, (laughs) what end it happened in. And it was just one of those. I was in front of the net. I got pushed down from behind him on my knees. Goalie makes a save on his right side and it pops out on the left side. And I'm there all by myself. And I like, I could have just blown and it would have went in, but I just touched it, tapped it in. And I didn't even know what to do. It was just like, okay, yeah. But the worst part was I had braces put on two days before. And so my mouth is just hurting and I have to wear this mouthpiece. And everybody's hitting me on the head. I'm like, stop it. Stop (laughs) it. (laughs) Like, I'm excited I got a goal, but stop hitting me on the head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's a good one. So what is the worst post-game beer you've had? Oh, 
all of them because my my team somehow made uh Paps Blue Ribbon our team beer and that's <laughs> all they bring. Um and I'm I'm a big craft beer drinker. Like I like good beer. Uh, yeah, and so just I don't know how that beer became our team beer, but you know, it, I mean it tastes it tastes okay after you've just played a game yeah, and, like you the know, first you one when you get off the ice but let's bring something else after you get that right. one down yeah 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 so that would be it and unfortunately that's that's what I drink after pretty much every game unless I'm in charge of bringing the beer so <laughs> the team I'm skating with right now a lot of the guys really like bush light and I'm like oh, really guys it doesn't I don't understand like I get that it's cheap but like we're right. not like 19 year olds anymore getting yeah. drunk in a bush like we don't need that like right. we can level things up a little bit I, I will say when they bring Coors Light I think that is a really good post-game beer because it's it's almost like water but it still has that beer taste it's, yeah it's refreshing yeah. but yeah you know, whenever I uh, decide to bring the beer it's always something you know a, a good craft beer not too hoppy yeah. it's not I yeah. like dark beer but I don't bring that for not post game yeah. you know I might bring one <laughs> or two for myself uh, but not for the teammates and yeah. Whenever one one of my teammates sees that I brought the beer, he 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 smiles because he likes yeah. craft beer too. But he's not going to waste his money on my teammates and bring them good stuff, <laughs> so, you know. But when when he sees I bring, he's like, okay, yeah, we have something good. Yeah, tonight. we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Uh heel to toe. Okay, you're you're like yeah. most normal people. I've had two different goalies <laughs> say it whoever goes toe to heel is a psychopath. And I'm like, interesting that they use the same exact term of psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're all goalies. So we're all like a little bit there already. And then, yeah. 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 We we all have our course. Push themselves over the edge. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a question I like to ask. What's your favorite number to wear, but more importantly, why? Um, So I wear number 35 and I wear it because Dwayne Rollison, uh, when he played for the Oilers and they did their cup run in mm-hmm. 06, um, he was, yeah, like my favorite Oilers goalie. And, and he was really like who I watched when I was super into, you mm-hmm. know, got into watching the NHL and stuff. Um, and yeah, so I, it, and that's also when I really started to fall in love with the goalie position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of just, it was, you know, watching him and that, that cup run that was heartbreaking. Um, and then, yeah, when I, when I started playing hockey, got asked what, like when I started playing goalie, I should say, um, got asked what number I wanted. It had to be 35. So. Rolly, the goalie. I loved him when he was in Minnesota oh. and he's such an underrated goalie. Right. Uh, he's not in enough of those discussions. He's kind of like, I know. He's almost a stereotypical like late eighties goalie in that he was just mm-hmm. really good but not flashy, so he didn't stick out. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, a that's... good technical goalie. Yeah. And God, I, I think Edmonton fans wonder the same thing: if he hadn't have gotten hurt, what would have happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We all every night before we're going to sleep that crosses our mind here in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're still hung up on it. Yeah. yeah, I'll never forget like Ty Conklin standing behind the net as the puck goes in because he misplayed it, and it was just like 
we're we're done. We we're done. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Now I need a beer. Here <laughs> <laughs> are those memories. <laughs> so the the last question oh, is: What advice do you have for young goalies? Um, have fun because being a goalie is is really hard, and if you don't have fun there's literally no point in it because it's gonna really suck um you know like it's um I think it's yeah it's it's nothing you know technical it's nothing like that it's just to to love every minute even if it's a bad game you know you learn from it and you have fun and just always remember you know why you're there and and why you're playing because you know as a goalie even in beer league, there's, you know, so many drive homes after the game. I'm just like, why do I do this? Like what, like I'm choosing to do this. Um, but you know, when, when you really tap into why you're choosing to do it and, and just enjoy every moment out there on the ice, because especially as a goalie, your body isn't going to hold up for a very, very long time. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's so important to enjoy all the moments out there while you can um, and, and just don't take it for granted because it's, it's such a privilege to be able to play, especially that position because there's so many people that, that want to, but that they can't. Um, and yeah, just have fun and, and don't take it for granted because it's hockey is amazing, but being a goalie is, you know, as someone who's kind of seen both sides of it, it's, it's such a different game as a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, it's just, it's very special. Um, and so just, yeah, always just tap into that and remember it when you're having those hard games. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's funny you mentioned, you know, you don't know how long you're going to play. I mean, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I have a teammate who used to be a goalie and then it was just, his body couldn't take it anymore. And I'm 40 sitting here going, how many years do I have left in the right. next? Cause yeah, when, when I can't physically play goalie anymore, yeah, I'm going to skate out and be that guy yeah. with terrible hands, but can right. break up the play defense. <laughs> at least you're still out there. Yeah. yeah and it's, <laughs> I, I bought my first new pair of pads in 21 years. I'm waiting for them any day now. And my wife is like, should we have really invested in those? Like how many, how long are you going to be able to wear yeah. them? I'm like, shut up. I hope to get 20 <laughs> yeah. years out of these too. Right. <laughs> If not, I'm going out in style. So. Yeah, like I, I know it's my <laughs> yeah. last set, but yeah. like I hope to get 20 years yeah. out of these as well. <laughs> Fingers crossed, you know. <laughs> if I make it to 60, I'll be happy. You know? Right. But here in Minnesota, we had the one fellow, Mr. Surdich up in Duluth. He was 90 some odd years old and played hockey until oh the week gosh. he died. You know. That's and, amazing. Yeah, he was playing two, three times a week, every week. And that's probably what, helped him live so long is yeah actually yeah yeah and he had a fantastic handlebar mustache and you know for years he had the old um god i think it was a northland helmet like the stan makita just round one he he wound up upgrading you know not that long ago to a nice warrior helmet but he just had that great classic look to him yeah that's Um, amazing yeah so uh where can people find you and follow you on social media yeah. So my personal handle is at Kyla J Lane on everything on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, and then her soul shot is at her soul shot on all the platforms. 
And I will make sure to put that in the show notes. So for us lazy goalies, we don't have to search too hard or, (laughs) you know, keep, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we don't have to keep hitting, you know, the 30 seconds back to find that out. Um, So yeah, this has been awesome. I'm glad we got a chance to connect. I know. Finally. Um, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. (laughs) So absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad I had a chance to connect with Kyla. As a girl dad, I think she is a positive influence, not just for young female athletes, but all young athletes. It's not easy to share your vulnerabilities with the world, and Kyla is doing just that while also sharing her beer league journey along the way. You can find Kyla on social media at Kyla J. Lane, one word, and be sure to follow Her Soul Shot at Her Soul Shot, also one word. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to click the merchandise link on the website as well. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. The show is hosted by Nick Jones and a revolving list of guest hosts. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, but shows like the Pucks and Deep podcast, the We're All a Little Crazy podcast, and the Bob Matthews podcast are all found. I need to thank the band the Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Till next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
you ask. I was just down there this morning. You had any good news? Well, Dave, the pond. 